Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag NFL. The draft went smoothly. It got off to a little bit of a hiccup when we first started, but other than that, it went really smooth. There were really no problems with it, so we got more comfortable with it. So it should be fine and go on without a glitch. I'm sure there'll be a couple glitches here and there, but actually for the first for the first time, I thought it went pretty well. That's John Elway being upbeat. I think we all saw stuff on social media. The Bengals' first draft pick got messed up. That led to lots of jokes about, you know, the Bengals picking the wrong guy and the Patriots hacking the whole thing so that Burroughs fell to them. All comedy. But the NFL had its dry run for the draft, and Thursday we get the real thing, PK. Yeah, I didn't see any of that uh, miscue stuff, so yeah, I'm expecting it to be fine. It was great. It was sources on a mock draft. I thought of you immediately. Did you see that, Yach? Sources say. Sources. Like, what? Come sources. on now. <laughs> Sources say it's all screwed Bruce up. Whose front office called you and told you it's screwed up? Elway was much more positive there than whatever was getting leaked out onto social media. They had uh, representatives from every team. They did a dry run trying to get the technical issues. Bengals were delayed two and a half minutes making the first pick. But the funniest part was when Elway was saying that a lot of executives didn't know how to use the mute function. Yeah, there's a little microphone down there in the corner. If you click on it, the red line goes through it, and then we don't hear your dogs barking. So that'd be a positive. Tampa Mayor Jane Castor said in a news briefing on Monday that a city employee spotted a man working out in a park in downtown Tampa. Castor said, our parks are closed down, so a lot of our park staff, they patrol around just to make sure people aren't in there with contact sports and things, and... Our employee went over to tell him it was closed, and it was Tom Brady. Tom Brady working out in a closed park. He's going to have to get some local knowledge there, PK. Closed park. That's what it's come to, huh? That is what it has come to. That and a guy that most people have ever, uh, never heard of demanding a trade. Jacksonville pass rusher Yannick Ngakwe. In a Twitter spat with the franchise vice president as he seeks a trade. So, there you go. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. What should have happened was Kevin come out and say, hey, man, like, this is it. Like, so let's let's do this or this isn't it. You know what I'm saying? But you can't just leave an elephant in a room because what happened was the question came to us every day. Like, every time we spoke to the media, Clay and myself was asked about our contract, and it was strictly due to Kevin. That's Draymond Green. Hey, if the breakup of the Bulls is going to be a thing on Sunday for five straight weeks, let's make the breakup of the Warriors a thing, too. You ready for that, PK? No. No, you're not. Not even a little bit. Draymond Green can't help himself. He wants to have attention, so go ahead and talk. He's listen. I enjoy listening to him speak because he'll say whatever. He's not going to give you the party line. Uh, I don't really care about the breakup of the Warriors. Kevin Durant decided to leave. He's a moody guy, and he's looking for people to just praise him all the time, and he's sensitive. We've known about the burner accounts. Draymond likes to talk, so keep talking. Give us something to talk about. 
Tim Floyd, the former Chicago Bulls coach, said that the breakup of the Bulls almost came about in the summer of 96. In a radio interview with ESPN 104.5 in Baton Rouge, Floyd said he was flown to Seattle to talk with Jerry Reinsdorf about replacing Phil Jackson. And he says, I told Jerry that day that I don't think Jerry Krause understands that these guys are basically the Beatles. This is the most popular franchise of all time. I said, if I'm you, I would not do this, not even the following year. Let it die a natural death because there are certain teams and players you just don't break up. I think these guys have earned the right to let it die its own death. Letting the champs defend the title is not a radical thought, but kind of went against the grain those days in Chicago. But they got their three-peat, and we got the last dance. Yeah, let's just continue to jump, dump on Jerry Krause, who's dead and can't respond. So, yeah, that dude, man. I, 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 he probably wanted to break it up after they took a 2-1 lead against the Lakers in 91. Family members of four of the eight passengers killed in a helicopter crash with Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna have sued the NBA star's widow in filing wrongful death lawsuits against the companies that owned and operated the aircraft. So, this will probably play out very slowly. Actually, I actually have a friend who's a lawyer down in Orange County, and he says, nothing's moving very quick now. No juries, <laughs> no trials. Everything's dragging. You got sources? Yeah, I do. I talked to him last night, actually. Sources about say. something else. Tommy Vincent, what's up? (laughs) Good for you. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball looking at a new three-state format for the 2020 season. The league would have teams stationed in one of three hubs, Florida, Arizona, or Texas. Clubs would then make use of the local major and minor league or spring training facilities to train and play games. Ready to divvy them all up in groups of three, PK? I guess uh, you got the Rangers are going into a new park, and you got their old park, and you got the minor league park in Round Rock. Texas League, they got double A, double A stadiums all over the I was state. Say Frisco and everywhere's got a bunch. Frisco, of yeah. I'm ready for whatever they want to do. I don't care what it is. Commissioner Rob Manfred has made a move that allows teams to lay off or cut the pay of major and minor league managers, coaches, trainers, and full-time scouts starting May 1st. What is trending? That list is getting shorter and shorter every day. But it is brought to you by Shane Rock. Oh, you got one more thing. What do you got? Hold on. What do you got? Yeah, Locke sent me a thing last night that uh, he, he saw that they were going to have uh, seven-inning doubleheaders and then play uh, home run derby if it's tied instead of extra innings. So he was taunting me that he was right and I was wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's I told him, though, I said... Right and wrong about I I don't see home run derby happening. Seven-inning doubleheaders seems like the better bet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure, that's no big deal. Uh, the home run derby, I, I just see players caring about their stats and they don't want to mess up their swings. So, but he's been wanting to revolutionize the game for a while, you know. He, he talks about how he went to a game and he only saw Mike Trout once per hour. I, I feel his pain because a couple years back and I bought tickets to go see Ginobili Parker 
and Duncan, and they didn't even make the trip. Yeah. Forget about once an hour. I didn't even see them at all. So I certainly feel his pain on that. Well, this is a chance. We talked about it for leagues to remake things. Even Bob Costas, who is, you know, the voice of purists everywhere and has a microphone and the platform and the rep to say stuff, said, hey, if you want to experiment with anything, do it now because you're not messing with tradition in 2020. Tradition's already taken a huge hit. I mean, moving, moving teams out of their stadiums and playing in neutral sites where it's going to be really hot in the summer. Florida's got the heat and humidity. We all know Texas and Arizona can get hot, so... If you want to try seven inning games, because these guys are going to be out there baking and playing doubleheaders, and it's the way to squeeze in the most games. Day night doubleheaders for everybody, I guess. Why not? Do whatever you want. And for the well, NBA, you know the whole Christmas to August thing. If if this season doesn't finish until Labor Day, then slide the next season. See how that works. Why not? I would say, as far as Phoenix, it's not that it can get hot. Is that it's it going to be hot? Yeah. They're f- Starting Friday through the following week on my weather app, triple digits is expected every day. We're there, baby. Late April. Yep. Yeah, and it's not, it can get hot in Texas and Florida. It will get hot in Texas and Florida, just like it will in Arizona. All right, what is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, the NFL Draft Thursday. They were working out the kinks with the mock draft yesterday. We will be talking draft coming up at 8 o'clock this morning. Evan Brennan's going to join us. He's a certified agent with the uh, NFL Players Association. He works for uh, United Athletes Sports. He represents... Uh, some Utes and some Cougars uh, and also a Wildcat, Jonah Williams. So we will talk with Evan Brennan coming up at 8 o'clock about the draft, how it's going to work, how he thinks it's going to play out for some of the uh, local guys. Trevor Riley, former Utah State and current Utah graduate assistant. You remember him playing up on the hill. He will join us at 9 o'clock. NFL draft today. The draft gets underway Thursday and continues on Friday and Saturday. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Big Show. It's a big deal. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Chris Mannix with us. We were on that conference call with Adam Silver. What did you think was the biggest story to come out of that conversation? Silver laid it out pretty clear what needs to happen for the NBA to resume. Widespread testing, a turning of the corner nationally, and none of those things exist right now. But we can all be hopeful that things will change more significantly in the next month, and maybe it will, but they're still at the point where they're not really seriously entertaining the idea of playing in a bubble or playing in Las Vegas or things like that. They're getting pitched all the time, but because of the circumstances, they're just not able to do it. So I came away from that call not feeling optimistic at all about the NBA's chances of resuming a season. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK Hot Takes a Toast brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction is guaranteed. Master Electrical Services will light up your day. All right, PK, as we ponder the start of the football season around Labor Day and wonder if it's going to happen on time and what it'll look like, there's a bigger thing to ponder. The season's scheduled to start with the Utes and the Cougars, and the Utes have quite the win streak going right now. 
The question of the morning, what is it going to take for BYU to catch up to Utah in football? Yeah, definitely, because if you look at the draft this week, I think we're going to see the stark reality and the differences between the programs. The Utes are going to have, I believe, seven, eight guys drafted, and those guys most likely, whenever the training camps start, are going to be in training camps, and when the rosters are announced, whenever that is, they're going to be on ball clubs. It just seems that that's the way it's going to happen. I mean, they were just filled with NFL talent, and you know BYU didn't even get a player invited to the NFL Combine. Now they'll have some free agents that will have some opportunities for sure, and then it's up to them, depending on their individual situations, as how that plays out as far as them making rosters. And who knows? You don't necessarily have to be drafted to end up with an outstanding NFL career, but Utah is also going to have some guys who aren't drafted who will be in that same boat as far as free agents with the opportunity to make teams. So that sort of flushes out. But when you look at with the draft coming up here in two days, that you're going to see the stark reality is just when one program is substantially more advanced than the other. I really don't think you can argue that. No, I don't think you can. I think there's uh, two key points. There's two, two problems BYU has right now. And... I think these are the two things, and we can kind of go through the list here and see, but I think there's two things that jump out at me. Um, Roy says, honestly, uh, Witt is a better coach as well. Sataki's still learning and may never catch Witt. I think he's kind of around it, but I think the bigger point is that Whittingham's got it rolling, and when a coach gets it rolling like that, what you really need is coaching change. Because we, we have seen lots of programs. You can pick a conference. You can pick a powerful program. And it looks like they'll never lose. But when they have a coaching change, there's a chance that everything changes. Now, sometimes you have a good coach. You plug in another good coach. And you keep it rolling. Boise State has made coaching changes and largely kept it rolling. Uh, so I think uh, if you look at you know Nick Saban at Alabama, well, Alabama was all that with Bear Bryant, and then they had decades in, in between where they weren't all that. And then they got Nick Saban, and they're all that again. You can look at USC and the way they've ridden a uh, spectacular coach for about a decade. And then you've been following a long time, PK. They've had some, some pretty mediocre times where, you know, they're just, they're just a 7-8 and eight win team. They're not USC crushing people, double-digit wins, showing up in the Rose Bowl, you know, three years out of every five. Or, in the case of Pete Carroll, every freaking year. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's certainly accurate. But I think that those situations are different because not much had changed with them. And with Utah, the most significant thing was the going to the Pac-12. Doug Robinson wrote a... Uh, a story about how now's the time to go back to the W MWC Mountain West Conference, and you know he points out all these things that uh, the disparity between Utah and BYU. Well, the biggest disparity is back then it wasn't uh, a big disparity. <laughs> that there was no disparity; they were competing on even terms. I mean, you can say Kalani is not as good as Kyle Whittingham, and that's a fact, uh, record-wise. But at the same time, Bronco Mendenhall, who was as good as Kyle Whittingham when they were in the same conference, suddenly wasn't as good as Kyle Whittingham when they became independent, and more importantly, Utah went to the Pac-12. So 
I mean, I think Kyle's a top 10 coach in the country. His model of consistency is just overwhelming when I think about how solid that man is in all aspects of his life. But the fact is they were gifted an opportunity to go to the Pac-12. And I think that's the big difference. So no matter who the coach is afterward, the difference between BYU and Utah, if it stays the same, will always be large. One will be an independent trying to, trying to strive for relevancy. The other is in a Power 5. And BYU, you can mock and knock this Power 5 all you want. And you would give your left one to be in it. There's, there's no doubt about it. So I think that it, the number one thing is the discrepancy that was allowed to happen because Utah had the opportunity to join this conference, which is just overwhelmingly enticing. It's far more enticing than anything that BYU could throw out there. There's no doubt about it. The advantage you get in money and prestige in a Power Five is massive, and I think that's the second thing. I do think... Uh, it still won't be – you're right. After Kyle's gone, it won't be a level playing field. And I think that the group of five teams, in the case of BYU and Independent, who's kind of nebulous, you know, some teams count them as a power five, some they don't, but they just – they don't have access to the elite bowls and they don't get the mega TV money that these other schools are getting. So – there's a disadvantage there. Now, I think, and I think BYU's shown this over the years, and I think other group of five teams have too, those schools, <clears throat> if they're run well, I mean, the bottom of the group of five probably isn't going isn't gonna to beat any power five teams, but the better teams in a group of five, the better teams that are on the outside looking in, whether it's BYU or it's Boise State or, uh, you know, San Diego State under Rocky Long, and you look around the country, you know, Houston and Central Florida have had really good seasons. Those teams can beat Power 5 teams, but I think largely they're going to beat the bottom and maybe the middle of the Power 5. So as long as Whittingham's at the U and he keeps them in the top third of the Power 5, they're going to be really hard to beat. Now, down the road, you get another coach or two or three removed, maybe are in the middle or the bottom of the Power 5. And in that case, BYU would have a shot at them. You're right, it would still be lopsided, but if you haven't got it going on all cylinders, you're vulnerable, and we can just look at last year, right? BYU got Tennessee, and Tennessee got it going later in the year, but early in the year, they didn't have it going, and they lost to Georgia State and BYU, and they were 0-2, and Yaku followed it. Were they like 1-4, weren't they, before they got together? I think finished eight, they finished 8-5. Eight 8-5, and five. Eight and five. so they finished with a quality season, but it was a rough start, and similar to the right. USC win for BYU it's before a, USC got going. Right. If you catch USC and they have a quarterback injury early, yeah, they end up having a good team, but you can beat them. So I'm not saying it's impossible, but if you're going to go big picture over 10 years, you know, not having that money, not having that exposure, you know, that's a problem. So either BYU needs to get into a Power Five or this, uh, you know, speculation we hear about the Big 12, you know, taking the L.A. schools and the Arizona schools and crippling the Pac-12. I, I guess if there was some kind of realignment and the Utes get left out of it and they go to four leagues, you know, that would put you back on the same level. Seems like a longer shot, but I don't know, with all the craziness happening in college football, who knows what the next 10 or 20 years holds. So those two things. I think it's coaching. Um, Whittingham's got it going, and you've got a built-in advantage in the Power Five because you're getting more money and you got a better TV contract. And uh, you know, there's just—I think when you're talking to 16 and 17-year-old kids, there's just a uh, there's a glow about the Power Five schools. You know, they got a built-in advantage when the recruiting pro- process starts. That's there's just no way around. Yeah, that. I don't think it is coaching. 
I don't think it is coaching, and that's not a knock against Utah staff because I think they're awesome. It you you just Bronco Mendenhall is an excellent coach, and his staff was fine. And when they were in the same conference, Bronco at worst was 500. It was slipping a little bit, maybe, but you can even argue that because uh, it was only they won in 09 and then uh, 2010, and then 11 was the difference. Yep, and so the streak started. So they only, they only played. Yeah, I, I, I think one yeah. The season the, before they went in as an independent. So the point about Bronco isn't that Bronco wasn't a good coach. He was going up against a Utah program that had advantages, and was well run. You know, if Bronco at that time had been going up against Utah and Utah had been struggling to find its way, Bronco would have won some games. But Kyle had it going, and he had the built-in advantages. So, I mean, BYU is beating some Power 5 teams. And at some point, they can beat Utah. But what they're not beating is 11-win Power 5 teams. Now, they did lose to 5-win Utah teams. So, you know, they do lose to the bottom and middle of the Power 5. It's not about beating a team once or twice over a ten-year period. That's not what we're talking about. I mean, it's talking about getting back to the point where you win seven out of ten. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you you have a team that's threatening to win ten games each season or three out of four and whatnot. Not an outlier win. I mean, no one's going to sit here and say that BYU's program is better than USC's, but yet they beat them last year. So I mean, I mean, good for them. It's it's consistency is what it's about, and if you want to use, I like to use the ten year period. That and I've I've said that since uh, you know since I studied the conference that if you're beating a team seven out of ten in in this conference for most of them you know maybe if you're SC or Oregon you might think differently but for everybody else if you're beating somebody seven out of ten that's a quality program and you've got the advantage individually over that program maybe you struggle against some other teams it depends on how it is but I think that's about the best you can ask and until BYU finds its way to get on even footing it's always going to be behind because even with those five and seven teams that the Utes had they were still able to get a lot of the talent that BYU would want. And you look at it now. It's happening constantly. And not just that, but other programs in the conference. Players that BYU used to be able to reel in, most of them, not all of them, but most of them, now they're not. I mean, there's no reason why kids like Chase Hansen and Covey would leave Utah County if you go back uh, 25, 30 years ago. That wouldn't have happened. Well, now it's happening. And it doesn't really matter who the coach is. That is a program that has far more advantages. And that's not, and I agree with you that coaching does matter and the program structure does matter. And Kyle's at the top of his game right now as he is 60 years old. He's never been better. I don't think the staff has ever been better. So the advantages right now, today, They've never been greater than they are. Can that change down the line? Absolutely. When they make a coaching change and Kyle hangs it up, who knows what's going to happen there. But right now, the greater the advantages have never been greater. And it's unfortunate. And you can say BYU should go back to the Mountain West, but that's not going to change anything. <laughs> it's not going to change the advantage that Utah has when you compare the two programs. If you want to argue it's better to play for a conference title and have access potentially to a New Year's Six and all those things, I'm all there. I'm right there with you. I'm gr- That's great. I agree with all that stuff. But in terms of BYU-Utah, going back to the Mountain West isn't going to change much. That would be maybe 
Uh, you can debate that that would be an incremental improvement going back to the Mountain West, but this Grand Canyon of money and prestige, it doesn't solve that. You know, it could be incrementally better for BYU. Right. That can be argued. It would make the money issue even bigger, I, I would imagine. Probably. I mean, could they go back Potentially, and cut, most likely, yeah. Yeah. Can they go back and cut their own deal? I mean, obviously, we've just seen Boise State cut their own deal. That was a big deal. We saw the Mountain West a few years later try to reel them back in. That was a big deal. So BYU might be able to cut it, but it'll also be an issue every few years because it's been an issue for Boise State every few years. <laughs> Well, but Yak, when he said obviously Boise State, you know what I thought he was going to say, don't yeah. you? Nope. You know. I got me a little nervous there. No, you weren't nervous. <laughs> Gleeful is more like it. Excited. <laughs> I mean, obviously, obviously Boise State has their, their crack. crack. What? What, huh? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> they better. That's it. And the thing about it is it's right down the middle. You know, you could play either side. <laughs> and that's enough of that. Uh, I don't know that BYU is going to be able to be able to cut any deals with the Mountain West. I know, Money right? talks. Yeah. And so feelings can be put aside in a second if the conference leadership decides that, hey, BYU will bring in X amount of dollars to everyone. So, you know, we, we've seen that with the old uh, WAC schools that weren't going to play them when they joined the Mountain West and Hawaii being the leading example, obviously. But then they figure, well, wait a second, we can get X amount of fans in here more than when if we play some other team in a non-conference game. So we're going to play you. So money, money is the great equalizer there. But I don't see where the Cougars can set themselves up for a, a better deal. So uh, financially, yeah, independence obviously makes more sense in right now and i've got no problem with them going in staying independent uh, because what are their options and i have no i certainly had zero problem with them when they decided to go independent at the time i contend that it was the right move so much has changed in this last decade and so much as you could probably argue any 10-year period in college sports particularly football and you're going to see change that maybe you didn't anticipate or is going to be significant you could probably say that any 10-year period going back 50 years probably so that's something that they made at the time was the right move now sure they want to be in a power five but no one's asking them to come in under the circumstances so where they're at financially is probably the best situation that they can do going back to a conference has its advantages but i don't know that financially is one of them Ryan says, what are you two talking about? Outside of maybe 2011, BYU's won every game in the last decade of the rivalry. See what he did there? That no, Las Vegas Bowl lasted 15 more minutes, PK. BYU would have won. Five. You only need five, five more minutes? Don't even need a fifth quarter. Five minutes. Five, five minutes. minutes. <laughs> no, five minutes. Five minutes, man. Jeez, they had him on the ropes. <laughs> Uh, Roy well, says, the thing that I'm saying, though, guys, is that go ahead. they can win any individual game. That's not the issue. They haven't, but they can. Scott says, what do you mean? They won a national championship just a couple of years ago, and then the emojis start flowing. Laughing, laughing till crying, thumbs <laughs> up. Thank you. Do they have a badminton team at the Y? If so, then they might have a chance of passing you, but good luck catching wit, Jack says. That'll be interesting if, if slash when, if, 
<laughs> when Kyle leaves, if he's immortal, he will coach forever. When he leaves, <laughs> what will the record be over the next 10 years? Sitting here right now, it's hard to believe BYU would win seven of the 10. Could they get back to, you know, winning five of the 10? Or four of the eight, since we think they're going to be taking some years off. Terry says Utah's in a major conference, and BYU never will be, so it's over. This is never going to happen. Never's a long time in college sports, PK. Stuff changes. Stuff you can't predict. Yeah, I think money talks on that, too. So that's why I think that I can't say that BYU's never going to be in whatever conference or whatever formation of that conference is when the line ultimately is drawn, because I think it will be some point uh, down the line here. You know, we're hearing about uh, yesterday's stuff was out about uh, the Pac-12 speaking with Apple television and would they go in that direction here in a couple of years? Was it 23-24? Uh, so who knows what's going to happen. And if, a- if uh, Apple decides that they're going to offer them way more amounts of money than ESPN and Fox or whomever. So things could things certainly could change. And maybe they don't change for the better for the Pac-12. And you're right, SC and you talked about the L.A. and the Arizona schools. They may uh, geographically, obviously, they would be. Uh, not a bad option for the Big 12 if the Big 12 wants to go big. Uh, And so who knows what's going to happen there. So I think BYU is positioning itself to be attractive because of the things that they can offer that other non, I call them non-Power 5, you know, G5 or whatever you want to put. BYU right now is a non-Power 5, whether it's a G5, if you like that, designation or not i don't particularly care but if you add up all those non-power fives i think byu is in a great spot because they can offer and money talks they can offer you so much more particularly in other sports too if that matters to you because obviously in basketball and you know we've if you've been on the road with byu it's true they show up. I've been on the on the road with BYU all over the country in multiple sports, and those sports obviously being basketball and football. And you see it. It's real. It's out there. There's no doubt about it. And that stuff matters to people. So I'm not going to say that they're doomed to be on the outside forever because even if never, ever or whatever is not a long time, I'm not looking at that. I'm looking at the stuff that they can provide and I think at some point, at some time, somebody's going to come calling. I don't know when, but maybe that's just my hope because I would like to see them get in there. Uh, but, yeah, can they compete with Utah occasionally? Yeah. Can they beat them occasionally? Probably so. But each year, man, that gap is going to continue to grow. And Utah, whoever the coach is, whether it's Morgan coaching, waiting, or whatever it might be, they're really going to have to screw it up relative to BYU. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to be winning the South all the time because that's a whole other argument because you're competing in your conference with teams that are on a far more level playing field than BYU is. We're just speaking about with the draft ahead, and you can see the number of players getting drafted by Utah this weekend versus BYU. Right now, the gap is enormous, and it doesn't look like it's shrinking. The gap does look enormous right now, but I think you just have to look at the history of uh, you know any part of the country. Notre Dame, Alabama, USC, Oklahoma. 
and and they can all hit a rough they can all hit a rough spot. The Texas, so Texas is in it right now. They've been a big name at times, but then we have uh, we have on Barry Trammell, and he you know runs us the stat of what they've done the last uh, last decade, and it's like wow. I mean, they really had it going in the previous decade with Mac, and then nothing. Crickets, five hundred seasons. So. It seems like it would be a huge fall and it would really have to be messed up now, but it's kind of how college football cycles around. If it, can, if it can happen to Notre Dame or Penn State, it can happen to you. Yeah, but it, that's, that's what I'm saying, though. Is that compared to a lower division program? Are you comparing Notre Dame to its schedule of Power 5 teams that it's playing? What was – and I realize BYU beat Texas uh, at the time – but who was being who was leading the charge when they were playing uh, when BYU was beating Texas? Were they be, were those players that were on the BYU roster were they recruited as independents or they recruited as members of the Mountain West? You see what I'm saying there? Yeah, it would have been it would have been a mixed bag at that point. My guess is there were more Mountain West and independent guys. I'd have right. to go back and add that up, but that would so be my guess. So it was more even. You keep you keep comparing those schools. Well, those schools have had their slides against whom, though? Have they had their slides against a group of five teams, or they had their slides against power five teams? Uh, they've had their slides against power five teams, but also against the better group of five. I mean, USC is easier for us to track because we've lived in this part of the country, and you know USC lost to uh, Fresno State, and you know they lost to TCU, and they went down to San Diego State and tied a game that made USC fans go nuts. So, yes, you're right. I mean, most of their schedule are conference games, so mostly they are sliding against conference opponents. I mean, two-thirds, of, two-thirds or three-quarters of your schedule is conference games. Yeah, because look at it. When Utah slid, they were still beating BYU. We're talking of comparing Utah to BYU, not Utah compared to Power 5. When they were 5 and 7s, they were still beating them, and they were still getting kids out of Utah County. Even when they weren't good, they were still doing it. I think that's the double whammy there, is that, uh, or the triple whammy, because I think coaching and, and the uh, Power 5 money are the two things I've been focusing on. But, you know, the third thing is the recruiting changes. And so even if Utah doesn't get the kid out of Utah County that used to be the backbone of the BYU program, now Stanford is doing it, or Washington is doing it, or USC is doing it. You know, they've all taken kids out of Utah County who, and i got to imagine back in the day they would end up Wearing the royal blue and being cougars. Mm, the royal blue. The oh, royal blue. Say that again. Baby. <laughs> Bradley posts on our Facebook page. Longtime BYU fan, and it'll never happen. They'll never be able to compete on a consistent basis. They can't get enough quality athletes to come there between the honor code and academic restrictions. The quality ones leave. Francis Bernard, now we can't even keep the Kafusi name. The great LDS athletes will continue to see the light of day, and if they want a future in football, they're going to go to school that continually puts athletes in the NFL. Probably eight or nine guys this year alone. We will not be able to catch Utah ever again. Maybe a win once in a blue moon. So Bradley's singing, even if they did get the Power 5 money and prestige, academic restrictions, honor code, the, the playing field just isn't going to be level. 
Well, it may not be entirely level, but a Power 5 designation and the financial ramifications that come from that can go a long way towards evening the playing field. Leveling the playing field? Probably not. Yeah, I understand that. But still, that would be a significant increase, and you would get to see more. There would, there would be more opportunities for guys to stay. There's guys out there who can adhere to the honor code, or at least quote-unquote, negotiate the honor code to make themselves be fine there. So with that in mind, that's something that I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's, it needs to happen for not for the survival of BYU's football program because that's too strong, but for the program to take it up a notch or two from where they're at right now. I think they need that because in my mind here, and this is just me, I'm, if I'm a local kid and I'm a big-time player, I don't, I don't need to go chasing stars somewhere. I got everything I need right here at the University of Utah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think of leaving. I got, all, I got everything that I need, whatever I need. If I'm religiously oriented, well, I've got that. If I'm not, then it doesn't matter. But they play a big-time program, play a big-time schedule. They're a big-time program, and I would look towards that. Well, if BYU were to get a big-time program designation, they're a pretty big program, but they don't have that designation right now. If they were to get that, then I would think, yeah, of course I would consider them, particularly if I'm religiously oriented and they, my standards fit exactly with what, what they do anyway. It would be no sort of assimilation. I would be fine there. So, yes, I think that goes a long way. Does it completely make it level? Probably not. But it certainly would help substantially. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. NFL agent Evan Brennan on the Utes, the Cougars, the draft. That is next. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Tony Pauline, NFL draft analyst. I've been around Jordan for the last three years. Know him well. Where do you anticipate he lands, and uh, is he a first-round pick? I do believe he's a first-round pick. I think he's a mid-first-round pick. The Miami Dolphins have been scouting Jordan Love hard for the past three years. They like Jordan Love a lot. been a big fan of uh, Jordan Love. I think you've got to really go back and watch the film on him in 2017, 2018 to get a complete uh, analysis of, of his game, I think in the right system, he'll do well at the next level. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What'd you watch last night? No games on. We're all watching different stuff than we used to. And PK, last night was really weird. I didn't, I didn't really watch anything at all. I was outdoors, sun was out, the weather was good, I was outdoors until it was dark, then came in and had a uh, Zoom conference call with college friends. I was in a video-free zone, very unusual for me. Although on the conference call I was told, I'm behind the times, I gotta watch Ozark. It's crime drama, money laundering scheme, Mexican cartels running off to Arkansas to do a bigger money laundering scheme to pay back the other people, I don't know, it's all confusing, I haven't seen it. Ready for a crime drama? So you, yeah, we don't have enough of those. <laughs> right. I, I, need, I need some more of those. Uh, so, well, I uh, I turned on the television. Pac-12 is having a thing on guys who are going to be 
uh, drafted, I think, tonight. Uh, IU out of ASU is going to be on there, and they're featuring guys. So uh, I was watching some of that. Pac-12 sent out an email on that stuff and to see where nobody knows for sure where guys are going to go. But uh, just to talk about the, the draft, because I feel like that's work-related, and I can gain some knowledge from that. So I want to pay attention to that. Uh, watched a little bit uh, for some reasons that don't make sense to me. Uh, Oregon and Washington replay the football. Uh, and then I also watched uh, Joe Johnson hit that winning shot against the Clippers. And how Chris Paul went down and... at all we lost you there for a second uh chris paul went down and what go bear he made a shot to tie it up Hmm. and then the ball got into joe johnson and we all remember what joe johnson did and that was a phenomenal victory for the first one in like seven or eight years that they had a playoff win yeah what it was yeah it had been a while d will and boozer Yeah, so I watched that, and that that was sort of fun to rewatch. I don't really get into rewatching st- uh, all that stuff, but I flicked it on because they sent emails about what the Jazz are going to put on the, the, each night, so, and I look at them every time they send them. And I didn't watch the whole game because that didn't make any sense, but I did flick over the last several minutes just to rewatch it. And I, and I watched that, and that was a great win. That was a great playoff time. And, you know, they won that series. It was a thrilling seven-game series where home court was uh, almost irrelevant. God, teams were winning on each other's floor left and right. And the Jazz won game seven down there in Los Angeles on a Sunday, if I remember correctly. And that was so fun. And playoffs playoffs are just so fun, man. And it's a shame we don't have them. Miss them, miss them badly. I think there were five road wins in that seven-game series. It's a highly unusual playoff series. Yeah, including five, six, and right. seven were all run by really, by the really, road really team. crazy. Yeah. All right, but that's I wh- guess maybe okay. you can argue that's what you'd get with a seed four and five. You know, seed four and five, you'd get that. Yeah, but I think when the uh, I guess I'd have to go back and look when the Jazz and the Rockets went seven games and the Jazz won Game Seven on the road down there was that the first road win in that series and that was a four five series. I can't remember. Yeah. But usually you just have the you know one or two road wins and that's uh, that's a that's all you get. Right. That, that's enough to, uh, to pull it off. Yeah, it was. That was a year that it was six straight home wins and then one, one road win in a game seven for the Jazz. So, All right, DJ and PK coming up. We're going to talk NFL draft. The draft starts Thursday night. Evan Brennan's a certified agent for United Athletes Sports. He's representing several Cougars. He's got a Ute. He's got a, uh, a Wildcat. Over time, he's represented guys from all the local schools, I think. But we'll talk with Evan. Coming up next, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.